guys, welcome back to the show. So today we are going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, side hustles, and I'm going to be joined today by Kelly Roach. She is a CEO, a business coach, a best-selling author of her book, Unstoppable, and also a podcaster. So she has a lot of different titles. She has a lot of experience under her belt, working for a Fortune 500, being promoted multiple times, then coaching small business owners, and now just doing a multitude of all the things, including running her own team. So we're going to talk about her story, her successes, what she wished she would have done when she started her side hustle, and what she is proud she did when starting to help get her to the place she is today. We're going to get started with the interview, but if you listen to the end, as I've said in a previous podcast, I'm going to start adding in my little take on the week, what's new in my life. If you're interested in that, then listen to the end. But yeah, let's get started with Kelly. Hey, Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I cannot wait to talk to you today all about starting a side hustle, how you grew your brand and business and just all of your life's experiences. I think we're going to have a ton to learn from today. So to get started, I'd love for you to tell the audience, um, you can feel free to go into more detail maybe than the usual elevator pitch that you do, but talk about where you started and where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, I started my career working for a Fortune 500 and I was promoted seven times in eight years. So I went from being an entry level new college grad to being a senior vice president, managing a team of 100 people in 17 locations across the US in a very, very short period of time. So like in my 20s. And I learned so much. It was such an incredible experience. I had an amazing mentor. I really focused on first sales and then transitioning my focus into leadership. And, you know, my gift, the thing that I really love to do the most is on one hand, coach people to help them achieve success. And on the other thing, on the other hand, um, really doing the business growth strategy, which is what my role was in the organization. I was responsible for driving profitable growth across my 17 locations and teaching, training, and coaching my staff to be able to execute that. Because obviously as a leader with a team that size, you're not actually doing any of the doing. You are teaching, coaching, leading, training, and engineering the success. So, you know, I, I did that. It was great. And there were high highs and there were low lows and everything in between. Um, but, you know, obviously that's a very specific lifestyle. Um, you know, being on buses and planes and trains and traveling and executive boards and, you know, um, just unbelievable hours and grind. And, you know, for me, as I was, you know, moving from being a young person that was single to then meeting my husband and getting engaged and then planning for the future and thinking about what we wanted our lives to be like, I knew that that was not the trajectory that was going to create happiness and fulfillment for me. And so in 2012, I started coaching small business owners, teaching them how to grow their businesses and use all the principles that I had learned um, to help them to achieve success in their small businesses. And, you know, since then I moved from doing one-on-one coaching to group programs to running masterminds, doing events and selling courses and, you know, everything in between. And I now have um, a really strong team behind me and I've had the opportunity to write a best-selling book and my podcast is in the top 100 for marketing and management and you know I do a lot of TV appearances so it's been uh, it's it's been a great journey um, 
and I failed at everything before I succeeded at anything, um, which has been great. And then, you know, a little over a year ago, I co-founded my second company, which is called Give Her Courage. I started that company with my best friend of 20 years, Amy. And that company is uh, fully dedicated and focused to instilling courage and confidence in girls and women around the world to empower them to accomplish their highest goals and dreams and and to live out their um, highest potential. So um, I went from having a side hustle when I first started my business on the side of my corporate career to now having my new baby business that's a side hustle to my bigger, more mature business. So it's been, it's been an interesting and fun journey for sure. I love that. We'll definitely talk more about Give Her Courage um, later, but I'm curious to know how your days, like your daily routine, how they have switched as you've scaled your business because I know as a starting entrepreneur, you're kind of doing everything you can to fill up your days. You are doing all the roles. But now that you have a team, can you tell us a bit about what your days looked like when you were a one-person show compared to now? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, the biggest thing that changes as you really step into that true CEO role is that you go from doing hundreds of things to only really doing a very small handful of things. And that really is the goal is, you know, to center in on your zone of genius that you and only you can do in the company and really to minimize the number of things that you and only you can do. So if you can get to the point where there's nothing in the company that you're the only person that can do, that that's exactly where you want to be. And so for me, in the beginning stages, when it was just me, and then when it was me and a, a, just a handful of team members, I did a lot of different things. You know, now I do only a very small handful of things, and a lot of what I'm doing is, you know, publicity and PR and visibility for the company. That's why I do a lot of television appearances and a lot of podcasts and radio and joint, you know, social media collaborations because it's all about creating visibility and exposure for the brand. And a lot of my time is dedicated to coaching and managing my team because I'm helping them to grow and expand their roles and elevate within my own organization. And so it, it switches from a focus on you completing tactical tasks to then leading and being able to accomplish exponentially more tactical tasks through other people. Mm. I loved one of your podcast episodes where you talked about content creation and you said you use Monday mornings first thing, like even as early as 5 a.m., you get started on your content creation and batch work it out. Do you do that for other aspects of your business where you dedicate a specific time of a specific day of the week for those tasks? I do. I do. So I am like fanatical about my camera, about my calendar. And the reason why is, like I said, you know, I started this business because I didn't want to work 60 hours a week. I, I wanted to have freedom. I wanted to have flexibility. And if you want freedom and flexibility, you have to be ruthless with your time. And I'm like a complete psycho about my calendar. So you have to know exactly what deserves time on your calendar and what does not. And I find that most people put appointments that they have with other people on the calendar 
What they don't put on the calendar are their time blocks for themselves as to what they need to do to grow their business or to achieve their goals or to move things forward. So for me, everything in my calendar is set up in recurring blocks, including like when I'm talking to people to do TV appearances or when I'm, you know, doing podcast appearances or whatever the, the case, you know, so there's about 10 things that happen every single week and they typically happen at the same day uh, at the same time every single week because they're the 10 most important things that I as the CEO need to be doing. And I actually do that with each of my team members as well. So every 90 days, we completely wipe out everyone's calendar in the company and we rebuild it from the ground up and we literally look at their 40 hours and decide exactly where each of those hours need to go based on highest value and highest return on investment for the firm. And, you know, that is something that I've been in the practice of doing for many years and I now do it with my team. And I would like to think that I have one of the most productive teams in the world because they have such a good understanding of, you know, how to decide where their time goes and how to allocate time to different tasks and, and that type of thing. That's such a good strategy. And is the reason you have them change it every 90 days just because priorities change in your company that often? Yeah, a couple reasons. So absolutely, as we move throughout the year, different priorities take precedence in different seasons dependent upon as we achieve certain milestones and as we achieve specific goals, energy is going to shift into different areas based on where we as a company are progressing. So that's number one. But number two is I never want anyone doing something because they think they're supposed to be doing it. One of the biggest problems I see in entrepreneurship is that people are going through the motions of doing a lot of things that they think they're supposed to do that they're not actually getting any results from. Hmm. And so the reason why I do this so frequently with my team is it forces me with them to go through every single thing that they're doing and say, does it make sense to be doing this? Are we getting a return on investment for this? Are we getting the outcome we should? Should this be prioritized over that? Do we need more time on this and less time on that? Does it make sense to still be spending an hour a week on this? Should we reallocate this hour over there? And so it's just always optimizing and elevating where that time is going to get a better return. And I find that that is like so, so critical to drive rapid, sustainable growth in the company. Mm, yes, that's so good. Thank you. Because that works for people who have a team or yourself. You just do it. Oh, absolutely. I do it with myself. I do it yeah. with myself. Every 90 days, I break the entire thing down and I rebuild it to make sure that I'm not doing the same thing that I wouldn't want my team doing. Mm, yes. Okay. So when you had this idea to kind of do things on your own, what would you say the first step you took um, besides, you know, just telling people, oh, I have this idea for a business, you know, how some entrepreneurs can get stuck in just that aspect, just telling people but not taking the first step. What would you say your first step was? Yeah, well, there's two big things that I did right away. And there, and I wouldn't change a thing. And I tell all my clients the same thing. I hired a coach and I started creating content. 
Mm-hmm. Those are the two things that I did immediately. And if I were to do it all over again, I do exactly the same thing. So I started putting out business tips every single day on my Facebook page. I started doing posts on LinkedIn. I started generating content and building an email list and pushing it out to the world to share how I could add value and invite people to contact me to learn more. And I hired a coach because even though I had a lot of business growth strategy experience, I hadn't built an online company before. And those are two very different things. And I just didn't want to do it the hard way, the guess and test method. I just wanted to get the blueprint and skip over all of that and get right down to business. Mm. And so did you start making content and putting out there regularly while you were still in your day job or this was after you had quit your full time? Oh no, I was doing that. You know, I was working on my lunch break. I was working before work. I was working after work. Absolutely. And so what was your decision to stop your full-time job and what made you realize, okay, I can do my own thing full-time? Yeah. I mean, I just basically built the company to the point where I was already making multiple six figures in my side hustle before I quit my full-time job. And so it was just proof of concept for me. Like I was like, you know what? I'm only dedicating a couple hours a week to this. You know, I can definitely... Um, do a whole lot more than what I can do um, in the full-time job in, in, you know, the business if I give it more of my time and energy. Right. And so, okay, we hired a coach, we started creating content. Now, do you recommend setting up your own website or hosting mainly on where you're creating content, whether that's YouTube or a podcast or and Instagram. Did you set up your website? Did you use Shopify? Did you use a WordPress? Like tell us maybe more of the logistics of like the next few steps. Yeah, definitely. So here's where I would do things differently than how I did it. So I'll tell you the things I would do the same and the things I would do differently. I spend, you know, a good chunk of six months working with a copywriter and working with a design company and thousands of dollars to get a website built when I started my business. Because when you start your business, you are insecure and you think that you need to have a very professional website and, you know, the right copy and all this I's dotted and T's crossed or no one's going to buy from you. And that couldn't be further from the truth. And in fact, my first 50 customers I surveyed to find out whether or not they'd been to my website and none of them had. They were all finding me through social media. And that still remains the case today. I still don't use my website very much now. Besides, we have people apply for strategy sessions through it. Um, It is not a big part of how we drive business because people aren't, for the most part, doing a Google search to find a coach, right? They're consuming your content out on the platforms. So what I would recommend to people that are getting started today is use a very simple, templated, um, basic you know, inexpensive web builder and hire someone to literally make a three-page website for you with an opt-in point, uh, a bio, and a little bit about, you know, your services. But that is not something that is going to make or break you in business. And it's certainly not one of the most important things when starting and growing a company. Mm, Okay. So if you got your first client through your content creation, through your social media, how was that experienced? Did you feel really prepared? Like, okay, I have the person signed up. I know exactly what to do next. Or were you kind of worried about, can I handle a client on my own? No, for me, it was so natural because 
you know, I essentially had a team of 100 people. So I had 100 clients I was coaching in various forms already. So for me, it didn't feel any different. You know, it was like, okay, now I'm just taking this, the work that I've been doing here and I'm just applying it in a different way. But the difference for me was it was so much more meaningful because those clients were then, when I was helping them to grow their business and make money, I was impacting their quality of life. I was impacting their family. Like I was really making a difference and still to this day, like that is so motivating for me and that's such a big focus of mine. Whereas, you know, in the Fortune 500 work I had been doing, I didn't really have any meaning attached to that. There wasn't, you know what I'm saying? There wasn't, it didn't really go much further than, great, we were really profitable again. <laughs> there wasn't, you know, there wasn't that deeper fulfillment. And so that was a huge, huge part of the reason why I wanted to break out on my own. It was, you know, being able to make more money. It was being able to have the freedom, but it was also being able to make a difference and actually see the result of the work that I was doing. Yeah, they were there for you this time instead of just signing with the company. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So from then on, has it been like consistent with clients or was there ever like a dip where you had to implement a new content strategy or something to get sales back up? How has it continued on since the beginning? Yeah, well, we've grown very rapidly and we continue to grow very rapidly. And, you know, one of the things that I'm most proud of with the growth of the firm has been that we are very open about the fact that we test and try a lot of things. And some of those things fail. Some of those things completely bomb and don't do well. And I think one of the biggest drivers for growth has been really breaking out of the fear of failing in a public setting, which I think when I started my business, that was one of my biggest weaknesses. You know, you want to protect yourself. You don't want to fail in public. You know, you don't want to be embarrassed, right? You don't want to have the launch that no one signs up for, you know, and so you hold back. And when I got over that and when I like really built that courage muscle to say like, you know what, I have to be willing to fail if I want to grow. And I really started even teaching my team how important it was to be getting rejection and getting failure and pushing through that and trying new things. I really think that's been one of our biggest drivers for growth. So yes, absolutely. There has been ups and downs and highs and lows and we've had failed launches and we've had courses that didn't sell and we've had every issue and problem that you could ever imagine. The only difference with us is we're moving so fast and we're doing so much that it never really holds us back because when we test something out, we always have one more thing tucked behind it. We have a backup plan. And I think that's another big thing is like, I, th I see a lot of entrepreneurs out there that are working really hard to grow their businesses and they want success really badly, but they're hinging on like one tactic, right? Um, they're, they're hoping and praying that this one thing is going to be the silver bullet. There is no silver bullet. There is no silver bullet. You know, building a successful business requires having a lot of systems, a lot of strategies and, and, a lot of different tactics and those tactics change because as soon as a tactic gets really popular, it also becomes saturated. And so even something that right now is working amazingly well could stop working six months from now. And you have to know that going in and you have to not hinge and attach your whole business to the success or failure of that thing. You have to kind of be putting lots of different little strategies in place that it can all be working simultaneously. And then you have an insurance policy. 
Yeah, I see that happen a lot with social media and social media coaches. Um, like just online, they'll say to use one tactic tactic for the algorithm, but then in a few months, if everyone's using that same hashtag tactic, then you're going to have to switch it up and figure something else out. Yeah, exactly. And like, that's no fun. Like who wants to be starting over every couple months? Like I just won't run my business that way. First of all, it's far too stressful. And second of all, it's just not necessary. Like I always say like, play the long game and do the right thing. And like, you'll always be in the right place. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean everything's going to work perfectly. doesn't mean everything's going to go exactly how you want it to. But like it, in the long run, it, it will all come together. Mm. So what have you seen in yourself or in your clients that has been the biggest struggle with um, starting a side hustle? Well, I think the thing that makes or breaks a side hustle is the discipline to stick to the schedule. Yes, because yes, like by its nature. And I mean, I'm, I'm building a side hustle right now. Give her courage is on the side of my other full time business that I have an entire staff and team and hundreds of clients relying on me for. So I, I get it. And I feel that pain. You know, it is discipline. You know, Amy and I, our calls are at five in the morning. You know, we many times are working at 10 o'clock at night. And, you know, that's the thing is about building a side hustle is there is sacrifice up front. It's not going to be like that forever. It's not going to be like that always. But there is a short term period where you really have to be willing to be disciplined and want the outcome badly enough that you're willing to make some sacrifice in the near term. And I think it's really easy as a business owner to be super excited and optimistic when you're starting something new and at your there on the onset of it but the real work begins once you're in it right and that's when people get frustrated and quit and don't want to do the 5 a.m.s and the 10 p.m.s and you know all of that once you're actually in it and it's no longer the ignorant optimism of being so excited about this dream now the dream is actually becoming a reality and you're in the really heavy lifting of doing the hard work to make that dream a reality that's when most people quit so that's why going back to what i just said a minute ago playing that long game that's everything because otherwise you're just never going to stick with it for long enough to ever see the outcome that you want. So right. So, so good. So on the flip side of that, what has, what have you felt has been the biggest reward in your career? Oh my gosh. Well, I would say the biggest reward was being able to have my husband be home full-time with my daughter, Madison, from the time she was born until the time she started school full-time. So that seeing how much that impacted her life, her confidence, just her like total, her, her personality. Um, I'm so like, if you ask me in my life, like, what am I proud of? I'm probably most proud of that. Um, I'm proud of the fact that we're like financially free and our house is paid off and we lived at free and, you know, all of the things that come about from having a successful business. But to me, that is everything. And, you know, even now, like, you know, just the fact that, you know, my husband, he still doesn't work full time. He actually just joined my company recently and he does sales for us now, but he does that part time and he can, you know, drop Madison off and pick her up and have flexibility and all of that. You know, that's why I started the business. 
you know, that's, that's why I did this is, is to create that life. And for me, when I see my clients being able to make those decisions in their life, pay off their debt, you know, pay for, you know, the, the kids tuition and, you know, be able to buy Christmas gifts with cash or, you know, whatever it is, like those little things are everything, you know, that that's everything. Mm, Yeah. So good. Now I'd love to talk a little bit about Give Her Courage. So can you tell us, you uh, mentioned this a little bit at the beginning, but can you tell us about the mission of Give Her Courage again? Yeah, definitely. So the mission is to instill courage and confidence in the girls of our future from the start. So although we provide resources and tools and and products for women as well, and that's, you know, important to us also, the, the distinguishing factor and the core of the company is to focus on building the courage and confidence muscles of girls literally like from birth. And we both have daughters and we felt that the resources and tools that we wished that we would have had didn't exist for our girls either. And so we started creating books and resources and products that we felt allowed it to be simpler and easier for parents or people that care about any little girl to instill these things in her from a young age. Because, you know, I think so many of the issues that we face in our society today, or so many of the issues that women, you know, face are related to courage and confidence. And there's not a lot right now in our culture focused on intentionally instilling those things in girls from a young age. And if we make that shift in the culture with the movement of what we're doing with Give Her Courage, it's going to create very different outcomes for the women of our future. And that's really what we're trying to achieve. This is amazing. I love it so much because my brand is focused a lot on encouraging young ladies to start their careers like in high school or college or just I started my YouTube in middle school. So even though I wasn't thinking about, you know, a career or anything, then I was just still making steps um, to do what I love. And so that's why I honestly want to order one of the books just to give it to any girls I know that um, it's just such an amazing company. And I absolutely love that. So when did you guys start this company? I was trying to just think of that. <laughs> it's been such a whirlwind, to be honest. Um, I, I, so we've been working on the project, I want to say a little over two years, but I think we actually incorporated like a year ago. I think it's been like a year now. And it has been like a whirlwind. It has been complete insanity. It completely blew up on Instagram. Um, we have 400 ambassadors around the world that are helping promote the movement and sharing the products and, and all of that. And um, it's just, it's, it's been crazy. Great, great, crazy. And we've gotten support from, you know, some, some pretty high level celebrities and stuff like that, which has been awesome. But, you know, it's, um, it's really, hard work, but it's very, very rewarding. Like we hear from women every day of the week messaging us on Instagram. Like you have no idea how much this book is like changing the way that my daughter thinks about herself and thinks about the world. And it's helping her with this and it's helping her with that. And, you know, seeing the reason why people are getting involved with the movement and what their life experience has been and what their personal reasons are. It's so, so touching. And we just feel lucky to get to be like a channel for bringing this work forward and bringing out the best in people that want to be a part of it. 
Mm, that's awesome. Have you thought about doing any in-person like events for these young women, like maybe at schools or just separate events? We are. We are. So we're working on an event right now. It's called Give Her Courage Live. And we're planning on doing the first two of them later this year. So probably like fall, winter is when we will kick those off. That's amazing. Is it for like moms or parents and their daughters or can anyone come? Yeah. So it's actually, I mean, it's whoever wants to come can come, but basically the events are going to talk about like all different kinds of issues that women face and that girls face, you know, from positive body image to safety on social media, dealing with bullying, you know, just building the courage muscle when it comes to your career, you know, all the things that are so important to um, give support to our girls and women. And, And we're really trying to put together an event that women can come to and enjoy, but they can also come to and bring their daughter or a girl that they love to the event that they feel would benefit. So we're trying to design it so that it can support and encourage both to be a part of it. I cannot wait to hear and see on social media how that goes. Awesome. So exciting. So lastly, I would love to for you to just tell us what What's on your horizon, maybe besides this event? Um, I know you have your podcast. Like, is that what you're focusing on now as well? Just what's in your like next year range? Yeah, definitely. Well, one of the things that we've been pretty involved in for the last couple of years is we make donations on a weekly basis to Charity Water. And um, that's a mission that is very important to me personally, bringing clean drinking water to people around the world. So one of the things for us that we're working on right now is starting our own foundation so that we can get more involved in like humanitarian crisis, you know, support around the world and have more direction and control over fundraising and where those funds go and all of that. So, you know, for me over the next year, uh, I'm going to be, of course, continuing to focus on build building both companies, but really bringing that full circle with taking the platform that we're building in both companies and then, you know, looking at how we can contribute to the human family in a bigger, more impactful way through our own foundation. That's awesome. Again, just you're adding on to your global reach, which I think a lot of companies now are starting to do, which is just awesome because I think the growing consumer range, like with millennials or my generation, is we want to purchase products and services from companies that have a global mission. And so I think that's so awesome that you're ahead of the game here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. And I think it's so important because, you know, small business owners and entrepreneurs like rule the world, like they're the people that have a voice and have a platform. And so I feel like we all have a responsibility to use that platform for good. And I think that I don't care if your platform is five people or your platform is 500,000 people, you can make a positive impact. And if you have a voice and you have a voice for something good, people are going to listen and and you could make a difference. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Well, Kelly, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you and your business? Yeah, definitely. Well, I would say if you are looking to start or grow or scale your business online, definitely check out Unstoppable Success Radio. It's my podcast. It's in the top 100. It's an awesome show. Quick, easy listens. They're like 20 minutes or less, but they're really focused on things that will impact your ability to achieve your goals quickly in business and in life. So I would say definitely check that out. And then I have a private group on Facebook where I hang out all the time with my team and we deliver free live trainings every single week. It's called the Tribe of Unstoppables on Facebook. So if there's anyone listening that wants to become a part of that 
community. We would love to have you and to, you know, share resources that will help you achieve your goals. All right. Thank you so much, Kelly, again, for being on the show. And yeah, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I think that interview was so good for anyone in any aspect of their business, whether starting or running a team. So I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Now I just want to do my weekly recap just to catch you guys up because it's actually been two weeks. Um, I had my spring break last week and instead of putting up a podcast episode, I did an Instagram live on Friday. So if you're not following me on Instagram, you sadly missed it. Uh, It wasn't perfect because I hadn't live streamed in many months, but it was still a fun time and I was able to do the cool Instagram questions tool for stories and then show the questions in my live stream. It's a cool feature. So I want to do that again soon, but that is why there hasn't been a podcast here in two weeks instead of one. My spring break was a little bit crazy. Uh, I went home for the first weekend and then midweek I went to Florida to visit family with my family. Um, And I love Jacksonville, St. Augustine, Florida area. That's where we were. So I absolutely love being in Florida. It was beautiful. We were there for the players at TPC Sawgrass Championship, um, which is a big golf championship, a golf tournament, which many of my followers, I realize, don't watch golf. And that's totally fine. I normally don't watch golf. But my family is very big into golf. My brother plays. My grandparents, my mom and my dad play, like, big golf family. So I still enjoy going there and watching it because it's still fun. Like there's a lot of good energy. And so I just went for one day to the tournament and then had a nice spa day and went to the beach a little, even though the days we were planning on going to the beach, it rained, but oh, well, I'm not complaining. It was still so good to have a break. This week has been a little bit harder. I, it was hard to get back into a routine, even though I was only gone for a week. I just wanted to be back eating some brunch in Florida. (laughs) Um, But instead, I, you know, had to go to class, start new projects, get ready for um, tests coming up and then finals in a month. So a lot on my plate now, um, especially with working on my new project. It's like crunch week for that and the big, big items on my project to do list for it to launch this summer are happening in the next month. So I'm a little stressed about that. And there's just been other things adding on to this week that made it not the best, but I'm pushing through. It's Thursday when I'm recording this tomorrow, this is going live and I'm very excited for the weekends, just the weekends I'm excited for like all of my weekends leading up to summer break. So fun things coming. Um, And yeah, thank you guys for listening again to this episode. If you enjoyed it, make sure to give it a rating on iTunes and share on your story so that I can see and, you know, we can talk about it. If you guys have any questions for Kelly, like tag her in the stories. I'm sure she would love to see that as well. And I will talk to you guys next week. I got to run to class in three minutes. So yeah, I will talk to you guys next week. Okay, bye. (laughs) 